Welcome to the new Cat Chat, brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, privately owned by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose personal mission is to formulate litters that keep cats using the litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give their kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment by interviewing cat authors and experts, some old favorites, some new conversations. Dr. Elsie is also the founding and continuing sponsor of my Cat Film Festival, short films from around the world that celebrate the kitty cat, which will be back in theaters as soon as they reopen. Meantime, thanks to Dr. Elsie's, you can now see streaming versions of the Cat Film Festival for free on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV. This show is also brought to you by Meet Me, where they make organic, humane, raw frozen foods and dehydrated treats on their own rural farm in Virginia. The turkey, chicken, rabbit, and beef are certified organic and humanely raised and processed right on their property. So they control safety and health for animals on their farm and at your home, which is why they say, from farm to bowl. Here I am with Dr. Elizabeth Hodgkins, another thorny and interesting question to bring to her. I had a long email from somebody very specific to a medical condition, which I just want to remind you guys again, I've never claimed to be a veterinarian. I don't diagnose I don't treat, but I give you information, and I usually say, please go back to your vet and ask this question, ask that question. Or I also, or in addition, I turn to Dr. Elizabeth, and she always has such interesting perspectives and information on so many topics, and it's it usually thinks way outside the box. So hi, Dr. Elizabeth. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with us. Hello, Tracy. Glad to be here. So here's a lady in eastern Tennessee where she has two vets, she explains this over a series of many emails, uh, that are just, as she calls them, country vets. A 10-year-old cat that, that was, she was told he had mammary cancer a year ago and had two golf ball-sized tumors removed. It was shown as grade two. Now, I had always been told, between the pet cancer vet and reading your book, Your Cat, which is such a great book that people really need, or even in researching the cat Bible, that a cat with any mammary cancer, the cat has a, a chain of bosoms, if you will, along the belly, two, two, two lines of them on either side for the kittens to suck from, theoretically, that the whole chain should come out. So if this is just, a, and the poor thing, the cancers come back, it, it's a complicated situation. But I'd like you to talk just to the specific of you, the vet, find a tumor, a mammary tumor, what is the right thing to do, the correct, most uh, curative management of that? Um, it's, it's a good question, and it, it occurs fairly often in cats, uh, older cats. Um, we don't know all the predisposing factors, um, but without going into that, generally you want to get a biopsy and you'll get a biopsy one of two ways you can either take a little piece of the tumor or even an aspirin okay that is sticking a needle in diagnosing uh what this tumor is cats do occasionally get benign wow tumors in their okay. in their mammary glands but most more than 50 percent of masses that arise in the, the mammary area will be malignant, but you still want to diagnose it before right. you do something as drastic as, as a whole chain mastectomy. If you have 
a highly malignant tumor, the standard of care, the recommendation right. of oncologists certainly is to take the entire chain because the entire line of mammary glands along one side of a cat's body interconnect, That's intercommunicate. Right. That's and right. we know that these, these malignant cells will travel from one place to another. And if it's highly malignant, stage two is not highly malignant, right. but it's malignant enough. Sure. Um, and so under perfect circumstances, once the diagnosis has been made, and I just, I want to repeat that you would not do a drastic surgery like that until you knew you had Correct. cancer. Correct. Mm -hmm. If you know you've got cancer, the ideal is taking the entire chain and taking it as carefully as possible. And by carefully, I mean making sure that you are getting all of the mammary tissue that you can visualize as a surgeon. That's the ideal. It's fairly drastic. It requires pain medication post-surgery uh, because it's not much fun to recover from, but cats do recover well, and you have your best shot of avoiding recurrence or metastases into the lungs or other areas of the cat's body if you do the whole chain. That's what I was always told too. So unfortunately, this vet only took out these two tumors. It, it, I mean, a, a, maybe a dumb question. Yes, it's more, it's more inches of the cat's belly to open up and more tumors or, or more glands to remove, two of which are swollen to tumor size, the others of which probably look normal at that point. Is it really unheard of for a so-called country vet to just run down the chain and take them all out? Because four months later, more tumors grew back. Now, that seems awfully fast, but here's the thing that really stunned me about this. I've never even heard of this idea. The cat had been put on birth control pills because she didn't want to have the kitty spayed before her first heat cycle. Now, I had been told by so many people in the rescue world, the shelter world, fixed by five, that a, that a five-month-old female can give birth, which is terrible for the five-month-old female cat. She's still a baby. But right. also for right. unowned cats that are wandering the neighborhood, this means an out-of-control, right. you know, unwanted cat population. For male cats, you used to breed your gorgeous Asa cats. I've always been told that tomcats are a nightmare to live with. They spray, they fight. You don't want an intact male. So no. this vet gives her all this hormones, contraception. Is this like an yeah. off-the-wall idea? She said they're just country vets. It sounds sophisticated, if you will, or miss. I don't know. I, I've never heard of this idea in my life. So she believes, she the owner, poor thing, Cindy, thinks that by her choice of giving contraception and delaying spaying, that she may have created the cancer or exacerbated it. So now she's got guilt on top of a, a kitty dying of cancer. So that's a lot of right. things at once, but right. you will pick up all the pieces yeah. and run with them, I know. <laughs> well, it, it, it's easy to start by saying that it is, it is a very bad idea to take a cat that is going to be a pet and put them on birth control. Thank you. And the reason can be patently obvious to anyone who thinks about birth control in people. If you've ever seen commercials for birth control, you know that the list of side effects. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, right. Including, including some cancers and strokes. Oh, yeah. And, and endometriosis. And, and, and you know, embolisms. Yep. And, yeah. All kinds of problems. 
Now, most people, most women who have birth control because they want to wait to have their family, yes. don't get these things, but they can, all right? So it's a, it's a risk-benefit when you're a human being. Correct. And you don't want children right now. It's risk-benefit. And most of the time, it works out fine. And you go on, you, you, you know, you become older, you want your family, you go off birth control, and you have your family, and it's all swell. The problem, of course, is that this cat is not being reserved for breeding, okay? Correct. Uh, it, so we're talking about pet cats here. You know, breeding females, it's still not a great idea, but that's a little bit different consideration. For pet cats, never, 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 never do that. There's no reason. Thank you. I think definitely that, that cats are, are, should be spayed by four to five months. I'm not into the eight-week spaying, no. which often occurs in shelters. That's but right. I understand why the shelters have to do it, because they cannot put intact cats back on the street. That's right. Because they may end up contributing to the problem. So that's, again, that's a side consideration it is. It what is. shelters are up against, you know. But for, for a pet owner, four or five months, four months is fine. Very few cats will ever come into heat the first time. If they do happen to be an early bloomer and you've got a four-month-old that you're about to take into the vet and she are, starts rolling around, you know, acting like she's in heat, we'll take her in and she can still be spayed during, during her heat cycle. That's right. And get it over with. Did the, the contraceptive contribute to this cat's mammary cancer? Probably not. Oh, Can't good. say 100%, but probably not. But she did the best she could. She was always acting in the, what she felt was the best interest of her cat. And this woman, I know you can't tell people how to feel. Uh, that's, that's, that's well that's said. something people will take advice about. That's well said. I, I, I would love for her not to feel guilty about it because she may very well have had nothing to do with it. And even if she did, her intentions were, were nothing but the best for the cat. That's, so, that's nicely you know, said. We are where we are. And meanwhile, yes. it was the vet who advised her to put the cat on birth control when she started yes. to be in heat. I don't understand that. She, again, blames herself for not having done the spay when she was young. Well, I don't know. It seems like the vet told her not to and put the cat on a contraceptive. Um, she yes. said that the reason she delayed the spay, this is another interesting one that I haven't heard of. I've only heard of it in dogs. She said she has had several cats who either were spayed or neutered too young we don't know what that means, that's vague, develop bladder problems as they aged. But how would she ever have known that that a spay-neuter, whatever too young means, contributed to bladder problems? Cats get all kinds of bladder problems for all kinds of reasons, often nutritional. I mean, right. th that is not... A... We used to... In, in the... I'm sorry, Tracy. No, no, please, please. I, I, I wanted we... to... You. We, we used to say, and I, I curse every day I ever said this to a client because I know how wrong it is now. Um, we used to say that early neutering of a male cat could cause their urethra not to develop fully. Oh. And later on, when they got these inevitable stones and crystals in their urine, that could help them to block. That's bunk. Okay, that is not true. There's nothing wrong with the cat's anatomy. Okay, and there's absolutely no evidence anywhere that if you neuter a male cat, and the, the problem uh, generally was confined to male cats, or at least the blame for early neutering was confined to male cats, because their urethra is quite long and it has a tendency to be the site of blockage. Right. Um, 
more often than females. So that's, that was kind of the story about the male cat. If you neuter them very young, their urethra won't develop and therefore they'll be more prone to stones and to blockages. Not true. Uh, it's certainly not true in females. Uh, I'm sorry if she had that preconception and it may very well be that her vet did not tell her that, but that's she right. believed it from her pers personal experience, told the vet, I'm not gonna spay this cat. I'm just not. And the vet maybe said, well, at least let's keep her from getting right, pregnant. I mean, right. that's the kindest interpretation we can come up with for why this vet would have participated in that. That's um, a really good but, point. But, we don't know how much the, you know, the owner was driving that train. Yeah. Yeah. She, and, and the vet may have said, well, at least I don't want this cat to be putting pumping out kittens that you can't find homes for and that, you know, may come to bad end. So yeah. It, it's a very convoluted thing. If we can help this woman and anybody else who's listening understand that early spay neuter, particularly if you wait to four or five months, you know, you kind of get right up against that six first, by five yep. first, um, cycle. Yep. Um, you're, you're going to be fine. You're not going to create problems later on for the cat. Obviously you'll, you'll forestall the problems that come with overpopulation and people being overwhelmed by having their cats produce litter after litter. And, and we all know that feral cats do not live very happy lives. And Correct. a lot of these unwanted kittens end up feral, you know. Yes, so, exactly. That was, that was very well, well put and also nicely empathetic to thinking of it from the vet's point of view, which, of course, was shoes you stood in a lot um, on the other right. side of the exam table. And that's important because the vet doesn't want to alienate. It, we've talked in the past about communication between vets and owners and whether vets are really listening and really having a communication versus telling you what's to do and then being disapproving right. if you, you know, if you question them even. And there are old-fashioned right. vets who may have that attitude, but we now have, without sounding too sexist, more than half the vets nowadays coming out of vet school or female and we females tend to be better listeners uh, i think i mean again if anyone thinks it's sexist sorry guys but i do believe that we're better talkers and we're better listeners or we try to be we should be and i think that that that, that may mean that these vets like dr elizabeth was one of the you know the early pioneers of a female feline only vet better at listening and better at just explaining and better at feeling feeling what the other person is feeling and trying to meet them somewhere in the middle on behalf of the animal. So I think that that's really important. W one thing I just want to understand in terms of, because I'm not going to vet school anytime soon, it turns out, is um, <laughs> is a full mastectomy taking out the whole chain of mammaries? Is that so much more extensive? Because in one of her emails, she said, we don't have an animal hospital set up to do a full mastectomy. But what does that well, mean? If, you're, if the animal's proper, anesthetized yeah. and, on, and they're on their back and their belly's shaved and exposed, is it that much harder? Yeah. It, it is. actually okay. is. Um, okay, good. I'm, I'm good to I'm, know. I'm with, I'm with the vet. <laughs> I'm okay. with the vet on this one. That doing it properly does require, uh, it doesn't necessarily require you have an oncological surgeon doing it. But it does require that the individual be very, very uh, well-educated, well-trained in how to do this without compromising blood supply that, that needs not to be compromised right. without spreading. Here's the right. thing. Right. Good very one. careful when you're, mm -hmm. when you're handling tumors because you can actually create a residual 
metastases from poor surgical technique. That's well so said. It, 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 yes, um, I, I have to say that I would, I would want a cat to go to a surgeon, not a general practitioner. Right. You can, uh, they can certainly do lumpectomies. Uh, they do them all the time and do a pretty decent job. But if you're going to do a full mastectomy, you'd want a surgeon. That's a very good point. It doesn't have to be an oncologist because there's so few board-certified right. um, veterinary oncologists who specialize only in cancer. But there are a lot right. of board-certified surgeons. And and that's right. true whether you're doing a fancy orthopedic surgery. You want a board-certified surgeon because they have extra years of experience hours and hours and hours cutting into animals and learning a better technique every time. So that's a really good that's point. Right. So that that is a, a, a drawback of only having a country doctor. And she said that I asked her if there was a, you know, a, a university veterinary school somewhere nearby and it was, uh, I don't know, hours away and certainly the time, yeah. the expense and so forth. But it does make sense that that a small vet, once they attempt this, then kind of opens up a real Pandora's box, if you will, and and that doesn't benefit right. anybody. Dr. Elizabeth, thank you so much for illuminating yet again another aspect of cat ownership and cat illness and wellness and helping us all be the very best guardians that we can be to our kitties. You're so welcome, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Cat Chat. I hope this conversation has deepened your understanding and appreciation of cats everywhere. It's been brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, which created their own clean protein foods inspired by the protein levels found in a cat's natural prey. I recommend that wet food should always be your cat's primary diet, but clean protein also comes as a dry food, the first one I would recommend if you want to feed dry even as part of your cat's diet. This show is also supported by cat water, specially formulated to appeal to cats, chlorine-free, ozonated, and lightly acidic, to encourage them to drink more to promote urinary tract health and the ideal pH.